Welcome to Market Scale Pro AV. I'm your host, Sean Heath. Today, I have the privilege of having a conversation with Jeffrey Stansfield. He is the CEO and founder of Advantage Video Systems. Jeffrey, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having us on. Hey, uh, so do me a favor. Give me a little bit about the the entire history of the world, according to Jeffrey Stansfield, and what caused you to decide you just absolutely needed to found this company. Well, uh, you know, I, I I did I played around in a lot of different careers. I, I was a chef for many years. I was I worked in my mom's health center for many years, and um, you know, I suffered from dyslexia and couldn't read and write very well. So, you know, I graduated to computers, and I was selling computers one day, and then I figured out that there was no money in it anymore, and so I decided to create a niche for myself in the video industry, and started to really. I get into it and uh, studied engineering and studied broadcast engineering and stuff like that and started to develop uh, that as a sales engineer, uh, building broadcast systems for, for other companies. And then um, one day I was working for a company and 9-11 happened and I told my boss I needed to go to New York and he said no and I said yes and he said no and I said I quit and I went to New York and helped out for a month with the Red Cross and came back and opened my own shingle, and I've been doing it ever since, and I've been happy uh, building uh, building with the technology we have. We've uh, in the almost eighteen years now, uh, we've built over two hundred fifty TV stations. We built some of the we're one of the largest builders of video podcasting studios in the United States. Uh, we build we've done tons and tons of post facilities. Um, we've done VFX houses. Uh, we've done all kinds of infrastructure systems all over the entertainment industry. Um, and our, you know, I, I started my company. One of the reasons I started my company also is because I really wanted, um, to take it to it. I want to take this, the level of service and support that a lot of people weren't, weren't giving. They were just selling systems and letting, you know, and not really understanding the technology that they're selling and just, you know, selling boxes and that's not really the way that I that I work I, I you know I'm I'm a I'm a great salesperson but I'm also you know really care about this industry I sit on the standards I sit I I'm I was a board member secretary treasurer and and, and sit on the standards committee for SIMPTI Society of Motion Picture Intelligence Engineers which sets all the standards for the industry um and so I continue to give back to the industry I support multiple user groups and um and uh, trade organizations in our industry, from Hollywood IT Society to Women in Post to Simpty to, uh, to Hollywood Professional Association to Society of Television Engineers, and so on and so forth. And uh, so that's what I that, that's what I, I I kind of graduated to is to really give a level of support and service that they couldn't get anyplace else. Uh, we really understand the technology we sell. And we install and we don't just, you know, sell systems. So when we sell an asset management system, we don't just sell an asset management system and let the client um, deal with support on the manufacturer's side. We actually sit with the client and help them build an asset management team and help them build proper governance for their system and proper taxonomy and all the, all the, the things that are needed to make a successful system. So that's the that's that's the difference between that that I wanted to bring to the industry that I didn't see in other companies. 
Now, you know, you have the title CEO, but traditional CEO is not an accurate description of you because you don't hang out in an office somewhere, right? You're, you're also the head of sales and engineering. You, uh, keep an eye on everything that happens at Advantage Video Systems from a technical standpoint, but you're also the social face. You travel all around the country, all kinds of conferences and events. So you have a really unique perspective. And I want to ask you first about the technical side. What sort of engineering trends or technical trends have you seen within the past year or two that really caught your attention? Yeah. Well, when people ask me what my job is, I really tell them I'm a hat rack because I wear so many hats. And you're right. I do speak at about 20 to 25 events per year, plus many podcasts like this one. Um, some of the big trends that I've seen, you know, I mean, obviously there's uh, the whole, whole entertainment industry is going IP. Uh, we're transitioning away from the traditional SDI and infrastructure technologies of broadcasting and production and post-production to more IP broadcasting. IP means Internet Protocol or Ethernet Networking Protocol. So, um, and everything transmits over the internet. So there's a lot of, a lot of stuff being done in the cloud that's, that's growing. It's not there yet, but it's getting there. Uh, a lot of, in, uh, a lot of data center systems, uh, you know, um, for transmitting from place to place. Um, you know, uh, we have a, some reality clients who shoot, um, and their, 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 their videos for the day. And then they send them, they send the videos. Over the you know over the internet to the post house, um, you know, and they're and they're they're editing off of proxy files that they sent over the internet. So there's a lot of stuff on that. Um, another big you know uh, another big thing that we're that we're working on you know we work with Simpty in developing um, a lot of VR technologies. VR is, is is kind of in flux right now. There's been most of the stuff that's out there has been out there for a while. There's not a lot of innovations in there. There is a lot of innovations in VR sound. So the sound is where right now is where all the new exciting things are coming in VR. And then a video podcasting, you know, you know, like we, we're on an audio podcast and a lot of people are transitioning from audio podcast to video podcast because people are wanting to watch these really cool videos, you know, short little videos or, you know, even half hour videos or whatever. Uh, but you know, some of the, some of the there's some really successful people um, making a lot of money and and getting out their message and creating things with a video podcast. You know, we have one of our clients uh, who we we work, started working with over a little over two years ago, and they were you know the, the guy was a very well known radio talk show host and he was on Fox a lot and this and and, and other other news organizations and then we help him build his um, studio up. And develop workflows for him, and now he he's he's one of the most successful conservative political talk show hosts in, in the United States. He has three hundred thousand subscribers, over three hundred thousand subscribers that pay him, you know, a uh, hundred bucks a year. That means distance subscriptions. He's making over thirty million dollars. So you know, we've we've helped clients like that grow into the into into developing that video podcasts can be. And start up very easily and very inexpensively and then can grow and make a lot of money, you know. So as the as the technology matures for IP distribution, that just by default will force a change in workflow from a production standpoint, but also from post-production. Talk to me a little bit about 
the direction you see that workflow changing? So the the changes in workflows for uh, post production in I, in IP is you know is changing from traditional SAN systems with fiber channels to more uh, uh, gigi networking. You know we can now go uh, you know uh, you know before we had one gig maybe ten gig now we now we have forty gig hundred gig you know um, and this is a much a broader uh, way of transferring video. So if you were doing high-end post-production and, 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 you know, a couple of years ago, you would have to go fiber channel, which is, you know, not, not bad. It's very good. Um, and, but it's just, it's expensive and um, the overhead is much more. So by going IP broadcasting, you know, or going gigi uh, technology, you can lower your cost and most of your, uh, your systems can be fine going over, you know, a 40 gig or even 100 gig. You know, we're, that's what we're putting in mostly in the inf- in the systems that we're doing now. Um, and also how you get your video from from the production. You know, there's a, a greater um, sy- synergy between production and post-production today, these days. It used to be that they were totally separate. Now uh, a lot of post is going on set. Um, and, and or the, when they go to post houses, they're transmitting most of their video via IP over the public internet. They're transmitting either the proxy files or in some cases the actual raw files, uh, because if you can get a big enough bandwidth. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of technology in there. Also, the another tech, another way that we're, that we're doing that in, in a post facility is most, most post facilities have to be what's called MPA compliant. MPA, MPA stands for Motion Picture Association. Compliance, and this is a way of securing that your 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 studio is secure, so that when Disney brings you a, a movie of the next Avenger movie, that the video is securely locked up in a server room, so that nobody can have access to it and put it out on the internet. Um, the old days, when you walk up to a workstation, you have a computer sitting in front of you, is going away. We're taking all the computers and we're putting them in a, in a server room. So the computers are all locked up, and all you have on your on a workstation is a monitor, a couple, a couple of monitors, a keyboard, a mouse, maybe a drawing tablet or something like that. And what that does not only secures the data in this in the server room and makes every everything better, but it also uh, enables you to create a much better workflow in that you can go to any desk and any desk come any computer. I can walk up to uh, one desk and say I want this to be computer one, or I want it to be computer twenty, or computer six. I can even have computer five on one monitor and six on another monitor, so I can collaborate if I'm doing VFX on one and post production on the other one. Um, you know, uh, so I can I can collaborate. So it it helps the helps the post facility um, develop a better workflows for them because they can they they don't have to tie up an editing bay and say oh now I can't use this editing bay because it's my Pro Tools bay, but somebody's doing an Avid on there. And, you know, I can't, I can't edit that. So now you can, any bay can become any computer and it opens up your, your profitability and your ability to, to edit, you know, to work on any, on, a, on any edit bay you want. Uh, and then it also, it meets that MPA compliance so you can get more clients. Um, you know, so that's, that's, that's an, another technology that is helping with workflows. Well, as a thought leader in the industry, you have, you have quite a bit of experience and, You've obviously gone through situations in your career where you see a piece of technology 
or a new protocol, a new approach, and it's the hot thing of the minute. But you have developed, I would imagine, some sort of sense that you know if something's real or if it's just temporary. Do you think we're moving in the right direction? I think we're heading towards that. I think there's a lot of things that need to change. Um, we've reached some plateaus in a lot of our in a lot of our inf- infrastructures and a lot of our workflows. You know, I mean, one of the biggest plateaus we've reached is really in VR and that industry. I mean, it's a very popular industry, but you know, there really has not been a lot of really big, um, you know milestone move forwards. You know, we're still wearing glasses. The glasses have got to go away. Uh, we're still, um, not telling stories right in, you know, you know, when you have a tech, when you have a technology that 40, 47.6% of the population can't watch for more than 15 minutes and 13, uh, over 13 and a half percent of the population can, will never be able to watch, um, is, is not a very viable market, you know. Um, so there has to be a way to develop it so that more you can you can bring your VR uh, project to more people. And you know, the storytelling, you know, there's been some been some great things done in storytelling, but still, we've got a lot of work to do to develop storylines and all that. Um, there's a lot of being work being done in sound. But still, there's nothing earth-shattering done in that aspect. So, you know, VR is one of the industries. We just had a VR LA show this weekend in LA. And, you know, walking through the different stuff, I see a lot of really cool hype and a lot of, you know, Vegas lights at these, at the different, at the different booths. But there's still nothing being done that's really earth-shattering, changing in that industry. Um, you know, the IP infra- the IP infrastructure for broadcast is getting there, but it's you know it's it's a slow turn because we're having to change totally change the way the the whole industry works, and there's a lot of resentment, a lot of kickback. You know, people don't want to uh, invest the money that it takes to build to this in- build to this workflow, um, so it's having to drag the uh you know the broadcasters and the different people into this industry and to, so they can see that it actually is a better work better workflow and a better way to do things so you know there is a lot coming out but it's just it's coming out very slowly and it could come out much quicker if we would adopt things you know you've mentioned ip and we've talked about that just a little bit it seems of all the technology that is currently being discussed it seems like ip is really the leader in the clubhouse as something that's going to expand it seems like that's really going to become the de facto way that we view our content yes and absolutely that that is the way i mean Everybody in the industry knows it. Um, uh, NBC, CBS, uh, Fox, Disney, everybody has has said that they've committed 100% to changing the industry into an IP broadcasting industry. And also post-production and production are all going to go IP as well. Um, that is already stated and that is already on the roadmap to happen. Uh, so – that's going to happen, and it's and it's going to change the way we all we all look at things. It's going to make us be able to uh, deliver products much better. You know, um, you cannot deliver a 4K video over the airwaves. You just, it, there's not enough bandwidth to do that. Um, 
So you need to deliver another way, and you can deliver it via IP. There's, but you know, IP is a two-way street. There's also a lot of things that need to be um, taken, you know, looked at as IP because IP is a two-way street. If I'm sending you content via Netflix to your TV set, and your TV set is a smart TV set, and then you have your iPhone hooked up to your TV set, that creates a link. And I can then, you know, everyone got all upset with Facebook because they were taking all this data and they were sending it to, you know, a company that was then using that information to uh, create, uh, you know, inf- create ways of marketing to people to help them to to help them sway their sway them to the Trump administration's point of view. But you know that has been going on for a long time, actually, and a lot of companies do this and. When you hook your t- your phone up to your TV and your TV is connected to your Netflix and your Netflix is connected to the backbone of the of the world, I can now know who's in front of the TV. I can know when when they go out of the room, when when they when they go down the street to Target and buy something, and what they buy in Target because everything is connected. So, you know, a lot of and that has to be you know taken you know, that has to be taken a look at and be taken care of because, you know, all that information is you know, is being shared. And if you think your information is not being shared, you are, you know, everything you have, everything you do, when your kid, you know, logs into the Disney Disney app on the iPad and is sitting in front of the TV watching Lilo and Stitch, Disney knows that. And Disney knows knows to send your kid, you know, ads, ads that will appeal to him uh, or her. And so there's a lot being done. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff you know that needs to be looked at and how we um you know h- how we manage the data that was going back and forth cuz sending you know getting data from people will help us deliver better products to them but then we're also getting that data and how we're managing that um also the infrastructure is is the technology is coming out but there's a lot of technology coming out and organizations like that as I belong to, like SIMPTI, Society of Motion Picture Intelligence Engineers, is working hard to develop these standards that will help the industry work forward. But right now, we're still there's there are there are a lot of standards out there, but there are still a lot more coming to help develop this industry so that we all are taken care of and are and are not and are delivered the products we need to in the when you know that we want to see. As a storyteller, and you see that all of these uh, displays are now, as you just mentioned, devices. They're not TVs anymore. How do you see that changing the way that stories are told moving forward? So where, where I see the big trend is in shorter stories. You know, we used to all watch hour-long movies or two-hour-long movies. You know, I mean, the the long movie, the the, the one-hour show, the half-hour show is going away. Eventually, we're going to transition into shorter uh, segments, you know, YouTube and Facebook and on and all these online platforms, uh, all these OTT and CDN channels that people are building is um, working towards shorter um, bursts of data. People don't, you know, people interested in people today are interested in getting really short information, exactly what they want. So instead of watching, you know, an an hour show about, uh, you know, about how to build a house. You're going to watch a five-minute show on how to paint the stairs, you know, because people want specific information and people want to be told exactly what they're looking for. Uh, so where 
it's more it, it's going to be more of a custom more concierge type of uh storytelling that we move into uh we're moving into the point where people can can want to go i want to see exactly how to do this and then they can go and watch a video on exactly how to do that uh or they can, if they want to be entertained and get a story the stories need to be much shorter these days so that's that's where the next level of storytelling is going to be it's going to be in really being able to tell a story in a, in one one third of the time so instead of like a half an hour you do a five minute or ten minute video and you got to be able to tell a story in that and so that's where the next storytelling challenges are well, it's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on. Very interesting. Today, I've had the pleasure of having a conversation with Jeffrey Stansfield. He is the CEO and founder for Advantage Video Systems. Jeffrey, thank you so much for taking the time today. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. And if you have any more information, just go to our website, AdvantageVideoSystems.com, or give us a call at 800-287-5095. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.